All right. Happy Palm Sunday. Woo. So this week starts, I don't need this. So if you, yeah, so if you can move that out of the way, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Appreciate it. Man, Sarah, woo. You're on it, girl. Thank you. All right, so this week starts the Holy Week, right? So Palm Sunday, and I'm going to get into why we celebrate it, but um, today starts the day that Jesus is going to the cross, right? And so I was thinking about Palm Sunday and the celebration of Jesus entering Jerusalem on the donkey, and we're going to get into that story, but why did Jesus go to Jerusalem? I'm going to ask you that question. Why did he go? He knew that when he went into Jerusalem, that he was getting ready to suffer what no man had ever suffered before. He was getting ready to sacrifice everything that he had. So why would he do that? Why would he get on the donkey? Why would he go to Jerusalem? And, okay, to fulfill prophecy, that's right. To fulfill prophecy, but he also did it Because of you. Jesus went to Jerusalem on this day that we celebrate for you. Knowing what was was coming on Friday, he did it for you. He did it for me. And as mom said, just to fulfill a whole lot of scripture and prophecy. Let's read Colossians 2, 13 through 15. And this ought to get you going right here, okay? When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it on the cross. So why did Jesus go to Jerusalem when he knew what was coming on Friday? Because of you. Because of you. He did it. And as I was meditating on the scriptures for this Sunday, and I've never gotten to preach a Palm Sunday, so I was super very excited about it. Matter of fact, be praying for Pastor Jason today. He is actually, what time is it? 11 o'clock right now. He's at Buckaloo, which is not far from here, and he's preaching at Buckaloo. They've started a, um, they're starting a revival this week, and so Pastor Jason is preaching there this morning, so let's pray for him as he preaches at Buckaloo. And then this afternoon, he's coming home from Buckaloo, and then at 2 o'clock, he's leaving to go to Pennsylvania until Tuesday, and then he's coming back. So can you guys lift up Pastor Jason and the Byler household as he makes his travel and and all of the things he's doing um, today and over the next couple of days? Um, So as I knew I was going to be able to preach Palm Sunday, I was really thinking about, man, I could pull out just all kinds of things, you know. But as I started meditating on it and really focusing on it this week, God gave me a connection that I have never seen before. And I want to preach that connection to you today. And you're going to think, what in the world? Where is she going? But just like Jesus started on the journey to the cross, we're going to start on a journey this morning, and we're going to get to the triumphal entry, I promise. But here's here's the crazy thing, okay? We're going to go to the Old Testament. All right, we're going to go to the Old Testament, and then we're going to get to um, the triumphal entry. Elizabeth is taking like a, um, kind of like a college prep course in English and grammar. And so over the past two years, and then next year she's going to take like the third, next year she's a senior, y'all, and I'm just, I can't even believe it. 
Heather, what in the world are we going to do with seniors? I don't even know. But she's been taking these classes, and, like, now I get her, like, if I write something, I give it to her to proofread, right? Because she's, like, so much, she's gotten so much better than I have um, in grammar and English and, and all this. She's really, really good at it, and the Lord's just gifted her in that way. So we will sit down to watch a movie, and she'll be like, oh, that's foreshadowing. Or, oh, He's the antagonist or, you know, I'm like, we can't even watch a movie without her bringing out the stuff she's learning in grammar, you know. So as I was, as I was looking at this scripture, I was, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, there's so much foreshadowing in the Old Testament, which means that it's just pointing the picture to what Jesus is going to do. Okay, so I'm going to tell you today about a story, and you guys know this, but how I'm going to connect it to Palm Sunday, I don't know that you've ever heard it this way before, because I had not, and so I'm going to preach it. All right, so before Israel had the king, the Ark of the Covenant um, was, the, the Ark of the Covenant, let me just explain that really quick to you, was very, very important, because it represented, and it was the symbol of the presence of God. Okay, so to the people, the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. All right, so before Israel had a king, and it was right before Saul, the Ark of the Covenant got, was captured. And the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, and they took it back to their country. And some interesting things began to happen. Okay, they took the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the, uh, re- represents the God, the God of creation, the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, God, who is the creator of all things, and they put it and stuck it in their temple. And their little God was named Dagon. Not dead gum, but Dagon, okay? Dagon. And they stuck it in the temple with their little, little G God, and overnight, little G Dagon fell off of his little pedestal and bowed down before the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? The presence of God, right? And so these Philistines were not too smart. They said, the next day, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to stick them back up there. And, uh, you know, this was just, the wind came in, blew them down. This was just not, just happenstance, right? So they, they took Dagon, and they stuck him back up on his little pedestal. And the next morning, they go in, and there's Dagon laying down on the floor with his arms torn off right before the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. The Philistines decided they were in trouble. So they said, you know what? We're going we're gonna to move this little, we're going to move this Ark of the Covenant, and we're going to move it to another city. And uh, I, I, we're just a little worried about this presence of God thing that's going on here. And they moved it to three different cities, and everywhere the, the Ark went, plagues fell on the cities. Okay, so do you see what the presence of the Lord does in the city of the enemy? Do you see it? The enemy wants nothing of it. He wants no presence of, the God, of God, and he wants it, the presence of God in your city to be gone so that he can have a control and authority over your life. That's why he fights against the presence of God. Okay, Because he knows that he has to bow his little head and fall down on his face. And his arms have already been torn off because he's been defeated when Jesus was, was crucified on the cross and put in the tomb and rose again. Amen? 
That's why he works so hard to cause you to usher God's presence out of your city. So finally the Philistines say, we have got to get the ark out of here. We don't want it. We, we got to send it back. We're going to all die. All right, so here's what they do. They take a cart, and they, they get some cows, and they put the ark on the cart, and they say, if this cart goes back to Israel, then we know that this was God doing this. But if it just goes wherever and doesn't go back to Israel, then we know it was just coincidence. Well, what do you think the cart does? Goes right back to Israel, to the people of God. And matter of fact, there's people in the city that it arrives in, and they're reaping wheat, and they're, they're in the harvest field, and they, they are harvesting, and they, they, they see something coming, and they hop up from harvesting, and they see the presence of God, of God coming. They see the Ark of the Covenant, and they start rejoicing because the presence of God is coming back into their city. So the Ark of the Covenant comes back into Israel. Uh, these people in these, this city, the people of God, were not too smart um, because they actually dishonored the Ark by looking in it. And the Bible says 50,070 men died because of their dishonor. So then I'm going to take you to 1 Samuel 7-1 and show you what happens here. It says, So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the ark of the Lord. So for 20 years, the ark rests in Abinadab's house. How would you, how would you like for the presence of God just to rest in your house? The Ark of the Covenant for 20 years, okay? And so then it comes on, so this was during Saul's time and Saul's reign and while he was king. And so then there comes a king who was after, who was a man after God's heart. And he said, I've got to get the presence of the Lord back into Jerusalem. I have got to go find Abinadab. All right, so let's pick up the story with David in 2 Samuel 6.1. Is this okay? Are you interested? You ready to see where this goes? All right, so David again brought together all the able young men of Israel. Not just a little amount, but the Bible says here was, there was 30,000. He and all of his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of the Covenant, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the Ark. It's the presence of God. And they set the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Then we have Abinadab's sons come in the picture. We have Uzzah and Ahio, and they were the sons of Abinadab, and they were, they were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. All right, so here they are. They're treating the presence of God just like the Philistines did, right? They're like, the Philistines brought it here in a new cart. Um, they got cows. That, you know what? Let's just build a new cart. It's not going to be one of our old ones that we've used, you know, for putting manure in or anything like that. We're going we're gonna to build a new one. 
Okay? We're going to build a new cart. We're going to get the cows. We're going to get Abinadab's sons who have been with the Ark of the Covenant for 20 years. It's been, a, it's been a staple in their house for 20 years. They've been seeing it for 20 years. Like, have you got something in your house that you've been looking at for 20 years? Like, Jason, I've been married for 20 years, and you can accumulate some stuff in 20 years. And sometimes there's just stuff laying around in your house that's been laying there for 20 years, and you think, you don't even think anything about it, right? It's like, that's been there for 20 years. I, you know, why is it there? I don't know, but it's just always been there, right? Anybody got stuff like that? Okay, I'm not the only one. Okay, all right. So here they are, Abinadab's sons, taking the cart back to, the, to, to Israel. And they're treating it just like the Philistines treated it. And they did not remember the instructions of the Lord. They did not go back to the commandments. They did not go back to how, exactly how God said to bring, to bring the presence of the Lord and to carry the presence of the Lord. We cannot bring the glory of the Lord into our city like the world does. Philistines represent the world. And as people of God, we cannot usher in the presence of God by the way the culture's shifting or the opinions of others or what they say the presence of God looks like or what the way the presence of God should sound like or carried by the world's ideas or opinions. Can I tell you today that the cross is still the same as it was yesterday? It is the same as it is today, and it's going to be the same tomorrow. The message of the cross does not change. And God has given us the, the, the job to bring the message of the cross and the presence of God into our cities. And so let's go back to our, our verse 5 here, I think is where I was at. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. With castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. And when they came to the, the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark because the oxen had stumbled. And the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died there right beside the ark of God. See, Uzzah had just been, become accustomed to the presence of God. He just, it had become a fixture in his household. And here we have him just studying the ark of the covenant, but that's not what the commands or the word said to do. So then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? And he was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. He wasn't willing See, he started out so victorious and rejoicing, and we've got to get the presence of God in our city. And then, and then life happens, something happened, and, and it seems like God's mad at you, and, and, and then he just stops. And instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom in Gittite. And the ark 
of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. See what the presence of God does? Okay. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. All right, so if we skipped over to 1 Chronicles 15, it would give us some more details on what David did to do this. He said, I'm not going to do it like I did it before. I am going to do it the way the word of God tells, me, tell, tells us to do it. And he put worshipers that were hand-chosen. He chose children of Aaron and the Levites to carry it. And this time they carried the presence of God the way God said to carry it. And God had told the Israelites to carry it on their shoulders by two poles. That's the way he told them um, back when, when Moses was giving the commandments. He said, this is the way you are to carry the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant. This is my commandment on how to carry it. And then as carriers of God's presence, God has commanded us to carry the name of Jesus into our city. We have to look different, not look like the world does. So here we have them. They're not, they, didn't, they didn't build the new cart. They didn't cover it with gold. They didn't get the cows like they had done before. But they said, I'm going to do it the way God told us to do it. And we're going to bring the presence of God back into our city. And then verse 13 says this, When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, that was enough time for them to, to take steps and carry in the pole and realize they were doing it right this time. The Bible says they sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And then it goes talking about David. It says, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And while he and all of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord and the shouts and the sound of trumpets, the city was being stirred. The city was being stirred because the presence of the Lord was coming back into the city. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. Now, this was David's wife. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. And they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people. In the name of the Lord Almighty. And then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. I want to tell you something about Obed-Edom. And he didn't just stay in his home. Okay. Over the next few scriptures, it tells you that Obed-Edom followed the Ark of the Covenant to the city of Jerusalem. 
and David appointed him to be a gatekeeper for the Ark of the Covenant. He had been so touched by the presence of the Lord that he could not leave it. He could not live without it. Kind of reminds me of John 6, 66 through 69. And this is what Jesus, Jesus says here in John 6, if you want to turn there with me, 66 through 69. Here's Jesus teaching and he's preaching. And, and here's what happens right in the middle of the story. It says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus actually had disciples leave him and no longer follow him. And he turns to his disciples and he says, you do not want to leave too, do you? He asked the 12. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You You, Lord Jesus, have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's almost what like Obed-Edom is declaring. I have experienced the presence of God and I can't live without it. There is nowhere else for me to go. So Scott, let's pick back up into, into verse 20 there. And when David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said very indignantly. And can I tell you, when you start ushering in the presence of God into your city and you start bringing the presence of God into your life and into the city of Greenville, Alabama, or wherever you live, that people are going to get indignant about you sometimes. And you might have criticizers, and you might have naysayers. And here we have David's no respecter of people in that, in that fact. Because here we have his own wife, the daughter of Saul, as his critic. And she comes out and says, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Can you hear nagging wife voice going on there? And says... You went around half naked in full view of the slave girls and, all, and of his servants as, a, as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. Is there another verse, Scott? I like this, this version of it. 22. You have 22? I'm going to read it. Maybe you're right there with me. But 22 says this. He says this. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slaves, girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. He said, I don't want to live without the presence of God. And we just brought it back into the city. And I'm going to worship like I can't stand up anymore. And I'm going to praise him like I've never praised before. And I will do it again. And I will do it again. And I will do it again. Because the presence of God is in the city. So King David ushers the presence of God back into Jerusalem. Now let's look at another king. The king of kings. The Lord of Lords. And let's see what happens. Can you guys turn with me to Matthew 21? And we're going to read verse 1 through 11. 
Now, as they approached Jerusalem, same city, right? Same city? It's the same city. City of David, where David was, Jerusalem, this is the same city. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Are these very specific commands? Right? This was very specific, wasn't it? Kind of like, um, you know, very specific as how the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to be carried in. Okay? These were very specific commands to the disciples. And he even gave them an answer for if anyone said, you're really weird, why are you taking this donkey from us? He even gave them the answer. He's given us the answer. For every question that the world would have, he's given us the word, the commands, his word. He's spoken it and has given us everything we need. When you have questions, go to the word. When the world questions you about your faith, go to the word. It's very specific. It's exactly what you need. And so he said, if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. So here we have some prophecy being fulfilled right here because Jesus knows the word. And he came to fulfill everything that was, that was foreshadowed. He came and he came to fulfill it. And, it, and it, this is what the prophet said. It said, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gently and gentle and riding on a camel in a BMW. Is it very specific? gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Hosanna, that word means save us now. Save us Now, and when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. All right, let's connect. Maybe some of you are already feeling the connection. Got some preachers in the house and they've already made a few connections. Matter of fact, some of you have already gotten some sermons. I see it on your face. So here we see the whole city stirred. The presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God has entered the city and it is stirred. 
Shouldn't Jesus have that effect on us? Shouldn't Jesus have that effect on our city? Shouldn't the city be asking, who is this that has stirred you? You have become even more undignified. Why are you doing that? Because I serve Jesus. The city should be asking, why are you doing this? And who is this? It's because the presence of God has come into your city. So I want to give you four responses to the presence of God. If you're taking notes, this is a good time to write down some of these responses, okay? Four responses to the presence of God in your city. And when I refer to city, I'm going to refer to it as this city, this city. Okay? Because when this city is impacted, then this city is impacted. When this city is stirred by the presence of God, then this city is stirred by the presence of God. Okay, so I want to give you four responses to the presence of God in our city. Okay, so number one, our first response should be obedience. Obey the command. No matter how different it looks, no matter how different it's going to make you look, no matter the opposition that you might face, friends you might lose, Family members that say you're crazy, okay? Just be obedient. No matter what sacrifice you have to make, David knew that second time that he wanted, that when he wanted to bring the presence of God, he knew he had to get it into the city. He knew he was going to have to do it different, and he knew he was going to have to make some sacrifices. Donkey. Crazy way to carry the king of kings. Not what anybody else expected. Okay, our second response should, and this is in both of these, and in, in when we're talking about David and when we're talking about Jesus coming into the city. And if you'll go back and you read, 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 read it, let it get, 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 get in your heart. But in both of these, this one word is huge. But our second response should be praise. The city was stirred with praise. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant in, and he said, I'm going to praise him like I've never praised him before. I'm going to become undignified even more than I ever have before. Jerusalem was stirred with praise. And if you look at what we just looked at when Jesus came into Jerusalem, the city was stirred with praise. Those palm branches and the cloaks on the ground, and that was reserved for royalty. And the children and the adults and the older people and the family members, the crowds, when they shouted Hosanna to the highest, that was praise. The city was stirred with praise. So if you want to stir your city, I would encourage you to stir up the praise in you. You need to be a praiser. So many times, especially in this world, if you watch the news, like CNN will take you over the edge, but even Fox News will get you there because the, the news in the world today is not good. And it'll get you down in the dumps. Or you watch, if you're scrolling through Facebook and you see all the posts on social media where everybody is just, oh, man, 
you know, it can get you down. And it can make your praise level come down here and your complaining level come up here. But Jesus is saying, I want to stir your city. It's time to stir up your praise. Maybe you need to change what you're looking at or change who you're listening to or put on some praise music and listen to the audio version of the word and fill those ears and your heart up with the word of God. And then praise is just going to overflow if you want your city to be stirred. Our response to Jesus coming in should be praise. All right, number three, our response should be a stirring. The power and the presence of God in our hearts should stir us for more of his presence. You think Obed-Edom was stirred? Do you think for three months, all right, Abinadab for 20 years had the presence of God in his house. Obed-Edom, just a taste of that, three months, and the Ark of the Covenant was in his house, and he was stirred. He didn't ever want to leave it again. He's like, I cannot live without it. You know, the verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you ever taste his goodness, you can't ever live without it. We're going to be, if we're going to need to be, if we need to be addicted of, on anything, we need to be addicted on the word of God. Jesus comes and brings victory to the, every addiction in your life. You know, maybe today you're saying, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with this. Jesus brings victory to every struggle and every addiction. And he is wanting to change your heart to be stirred for just wanting more of God's presence. It needs to be, we need to be addicted to God's presence. And then our fourth response should do this. Our, our response to God's presence in our life should have others asking, who is this? Who is Jesus? So I want to end like this, and it's going to take me just about a couple of minutes to end, okay? But I'm, I'm prefacing this. I want to read to you that after David has brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. He sets up people to daily have a job to minister before the Ark of the Covenant. And so before he sets these people up, he says, I'm going to give you a song. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this song to you. And this is the way we need to praise the Lord in this manner, okay? So let's go to 1 Chronicles 16, and we're going to read verse 7. And we're going to read through this psalm, and then I'm going to give you a challenge, okay? And that day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. All right, as I read this over you, I want you to also picture Jesus coming into Jerusalem, okay? And I want you to see how it connects. Okay, verse 8 says this, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, 
Tell of all of his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. Now this is, this is David. But do you see how it relates to Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a triumphal entry? He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham. The oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree. To Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. And when they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. Remember Dagon? But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe. Now, this is remember the presence of God has been brought into Jerusalem, and this is what David's response is okay? Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. The heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. And matter of fact, whenever Jesus goes through and he, and he, he finishes his triumphal entry, the, the Pharisees are standing there and they're saying, why is this going on? Why is this happening? And he said, if they had not done it, the rocks would have cried out. Let the trees of the forest sing. Let them sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. 
gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And then all the people said, Amen and praise the Lord. So David ends this worship service by just declaring, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. And all the people say, amen and praise the Lord. So I just want to go back to our responses on being stirred and Jesus coming in and stirring the city. And I want to pray for you today. And as I was looking through this, you know, I I was thinking, Lord, the challenge of how I want to end this sermon today is maybe we need to look at our responses and see, are we responding correctly to Jesus entering our city and are we being stirred? So if you don't mind, would you mind closing your eyes? And I just want to challenge you today with these challenges. And if it is you, I don't know how you want to respond to it, but I want to open up the front to you. I want to open up the altar to you. I want to give you the opportunity to lay whatever you have today at the feet of Jesus. And here are some of our responses that we need to make sure we're happening. Maybe today you say, I have not been obedient. I need to repent this morning. And I have not been obedient to the commands of the Lord. The Lord has called us to be holy as he is holy. And maybe you just haven't been obedient to that word. The Lord has called us in his word to be a forgiving people. And maybe you're holding some unforgiveness towards somebody. And you say, Lord, I've not been obedient to you. And, and my response has not been obedient. And because I have that unforgiveness and holding on to that, you can't come and stir me, Lord. And I want to be stirred. I want my city to change and I want it to be stirred. Or maybe you would say, uh, the lack of praise in my life. Lord, I, I find myself complaining and I find myself discouraged and I find myself anxious and I find myself doubting and I find myself fearful. Can I tell you when you praise that it... Ru- it runs those enemies out of your city. Maybe today you say, Lord, I've just been depressed and I've had no joy. Can I tell you today that you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? And God wants to give you joy again. When the king comes into the city, there's joy. Or maybe this morning you want to be like the people who were in Jerusalem and Jesus was entering into the the triumphal entry and and you say, I've I've got these things in my hands, like the palm branches. I've got these things that I've been holding on to and I just want to lay them down at the feet of Jesus and let the King of kings and the Lord of lords stir my city today. Or maybe today you're saying, I have never allowed the King of Kings 
to stir my city. And I want him to come and I want him to stir up everything in me. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about any of those responses, would you please raise your hand? I see those hands. I see those hands. I see the hands. So let's deal with the first one. And that is the most important. Jesus wants to come into your city and he wants to stir it. But you've got to ask him and allow him to. So if you're here this morning and you want to say, Jesus, I've never asked you to come and stir my city. I want you to come and live inside of it. And I want you to turn it upside down. And I want you to make me a new creation today. And maybe you're online on Facebook Live or maybe you're listening to a podcast and you want to do that right now. So church, would you repeat after me? And this is you. Just repeat after me. And maybe you want to lift your hands up. Maybe you want to praise Jesus this morning. Maybe you just want to, as an act of surrender, take your palm branches and you want to just lay them down at his feet this morning. But would you repeat after me? And let's just surrender our hearts to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today and allow him to come and stir our city. Jesus, come. Come change my life. I surrender everything to you. Come be the Lord of my life. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sins. I lay them at your feet today. Lord, I want to praise you with my life. Stir my city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you are here today and you just said those responses, I'm just not, I'm not doing those right. I've been disobedient. The praise needs to be ramped up in my life. I want to lay some things down today. I want to give you that opportunity right now as the music plays. If you want to come and you want to just lay some things down at Jesus' feet today, and we'll pray for you. And then I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you, and you can, you'll be dismissed and, and be so excited about Easter next Sunday. But there's some time right now that Jesus wants to minister to your heart. And if that is you this morning, I'm just going to give you the opportunity to come and just allow the Lord to work on your heart this morning. Amen. Amen. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to to somebody else and you just need to come and you just need to lay it all down at his feet this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Heath, can I get you to come and just pray behind? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Lord, we just pray for Melissa right now. Just stir her city, Lord Jesus. Stir her city, Jesus. Father, we just pray for Evelyn right now, Lord, that you would just stir her city. Let 
the King of kings and the Lord of lords come in. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Who is this King of glory? The Lord God Almighty. Lord, we open up our gates today and just say, come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. Come in, Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that you touch Dean, Lord Jesus. Stir his city, Lord Jesus. Stir his city for you, Lord. Bring about victory for him, Lord. Let the presence of God change his life and change his heart, change his home, Lord Jesus. Thank you that the presence of God would just be stirred in his city. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. Father, we just surrender all to you this morning. Lord, we just give everything that has held us back, that has kept the presence of God from coming and stirring our hearts and our lives. Lord, we want you to be, we want to be like Obed-Edom, and we want to have to have the presence of God in our lives. And wherever you go, Lord, we want to be there. We don't want to go anywhere that you're not. We want to be led by the Spirit, led by your presence, led by your power. And Lord, we thank you for going to Jerusalem. We thank you for starting this holy week. And we know, Lord, as you look towards Friday, you were looking all the way to 2022 seeing your people here at Life Change Church and saying I did it for you. And so Jesus, we are thankful today. And we're going to go through this week and we're going to remember you, Lord Jesus. And on Easter Sunday, we're going to come and we're going to celebrate because you are alive and you've given us the victory. Jesus name. Lord, I bless your people this week as they go throughout this special week, that they will be full of your presence, stirred in their cities, that their homes would be filled with the presence of God, that their marriages would be filled with the presence of God, that their children would be filled with the presence of God, Lord, that their jobs would be filled with the presence of God, Lord, that we would be carriers of your presence, and Lord, as we are stirred everywhere we go and every atmosphere we enter, it's stirred by the presence of God. And we thank you this morning in Jesus' mighty, awesome, precious name. If you're thankful for Jesus coming, then give him a hand clap of praise this morning. And you are dismissed. We'll see you next Sunday and invite somebody to Easter because it's going to be life-changing in Jesus' name. Be blessed. Amen.